Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares how your home feels, not looks. I'm Lacey, your co-host who forgot that she is introducing this, if that tells you anywhere where I am today. Here with our co-host, who I always think knows what's going on, even though she tells me she doesn't, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lacey. I would never pretend to always know what's going on, because the minute you do is the minute you're shown you don't. So I, I always do the best I can at all times, but I never pretend to know everything that's going on. Yeah. Today is a very special episode because... We're going to talk a little bit about Sarah and I's origin story and talk about human design. And I know I'm excited, but I'm going to let Sarah introduce our guest expert today. For anybody who's listening, has been listening this whole time, they've heard Lacey and I mention human design at least 100 times. (laughs) So with us today is Adriana, who was the human design coach for me and Lacey. That's where we met. So, Adriana, would you like to introduce yourself? I would love to. Thank you for having me. I'm just, I feel so good being back in your energy again, both of you together. This is just like a match made in heaven. I'm so excited for this. I'm Adriana Keefe. I live in central Massachusetts. I'm a mom of three and a wife, but also a human design coach and motivational speaker. I really focus my work. Most of my work has really been niched down since starting, and I've learned that I'm really here to work on healing and letting women dive into what their sense of spirituality is. So a lot of my work, if not all at this point, besides chart readings with the basics for anyone who's looking for that information, is really doing the healing, the trauma work, the how, how we heal from abuse and childhood patterning and all of that, and really coming back home to who we're authentically designed to be. That way we can have the prosperity, the flow, the purpose find us instead of forcing everything in life. So the listener knows the backstory a little bit. Yes, when Lacey and I were in a small group with you, it was the focus was on running a a business along with your human design. And so it's really funny that now Lacey and I are running a business together, which so it's awesome that we came in with that same knowledge set. But it's beautiful to hear the work that you're focusing on now because everybody could use that. Could you let our audience, for those of you listening that aren't familiar with human design, what is your elevator pitch so people can get a better sense of human design if they've never heard of it before? It's the science of differentiation. It's who you were born and designed to be at an energetic level instead of the way that you've been conditioned and trained to be based on your society, your environment, your family, not saying that anyone made you the way you are on purpose, but there's a lot of things that we were told growing up and even as adults that made us operate in ways that really weren't true for ourselves. Even the simplest things like when our parents would say, don't cry, that's showing us that it's not safe to cry, that this is vulnerable, that we can't have emotions, right? And that leads to us being ragey, pent up anger kind of adults because we don't feel safe in our emotions. It, it's very similar from the planets to astrology, but not really. Astrology, I always loved, but it felt so education and not really what do I do moving forward. So there is an astrology component to it. However, it also combines the Kabbalah, Tree of Life, the Chinese Book of Change, which is called the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum mechanics, and all of these modalities were combined into one system 
through, depending on how spiritual the person listening is, it was essentially a man named Ra Aru who downloaded this information. And he wrote for eight straight days and, and nights, and he wrote this entire system out. And it's teaching us how we are all completely uniquely made and how to use our energetics and our auric field to bring more flow, to bring more ease, like what we're actually designed to do in this life and who we're designed to be. So it's really deconditioning, allowing yourself to come back home to who you are. Yes, that is so beautiful once the understanding is there. I I always do the quick pitch of it's like having a user manual for yourself. Yes, I grew up in a family yes. of, I'm guessing a lot of generators. I haven't looked everybody up, but I was not a generator. So I constantly felt exhausted, burnt out, didn't feel like I was operating correctly. And then when I learned from you that I am a projector and where my strengths are, and I was almost burned out on my business because I was trying to operate with somebody else's user manual. I don't necessarily understand all of it. I just know it works for me and things feel so much better. And Lacey is shaking her head. Lacey, how do you explain human design to people? Oh, so this is so timely for me because I told this to Sarah yesterday. I'm doing a deep dive on my type right now. I'm a manifester, which is also different than generators. So generators make up, I think it's 75% almost of the population. Projectors are in the 20s and then manifestors are in, I think it's 9%. I'm very (laughs) rare. It's fine. Part of being a manifester is me like owning that I am rare and I have this power and all of these different things. And as Sarah said, as I started to explore being a manifester and leaning into it, that's where the good stuff keeps coming into my life. And so as a manifester, I do not have a, a source of energy other than my creative urges. And so because of that, I have always felt like Sarah, I do not have that generator go do type thing. I have pulled my family's charts because I'm, I wanted to prove that both of my parents are generators and my dad's a manifesting generator. My mom's a generator. And I'm like, this makes sense. And like, I pulled different people's charts. And one of my sisters, who I always think is like the quintessential Martha Stewart, also generator. Okay, this is all aligning with my personal beliefs, which is cool. But it also has given me so much permission too in this time where I've been battling my chronic fatigue and and illness in that the chronic fatigue is almost inherent to me as a as a manifester because rest and downtime is a huge part of who I am and what I bring into the world. And so I like literally my job is to just start stuff. So it's to be like, I think we should do this. And then all of a sudden it happens. So For example, I joined this course with Adriana and Sarah. And then after the course ended, I was like, I need someone to help me focus in on my business. Who wants to be my buddy? And that's where Sarah came in. And then together we have started to build this thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's happening. The original channeler, Ra Aruhu, was a manifester. Did you know that? And I forgot to add, I'm a manifesting generator. I totally skipped right over that. I did. For anyone listening who's about to tune out because it's, uh, this all sounds way too out there, when I came into it, my intake form said, I'm not taking this hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to learn what it is and see if it helps me. 
because I was not going to jump in the deep end and just say, yes, I'm into everything because I'm going to just go all in. I dipped my toe in and I used every tool and it was very objective. Is this tool helping me? So one of the things with burnout for my business was how many decisions I had to make. I grew up in a very like critical thinker household. And so I was extremely every decision, no matter how small or how big, I put all my energy into it. And then I learned I was supposed to use my gut. And I was like, well, I've been told my gut is bad my whole life. Let me play around with this. So I just started playing around with my gut decisions. And yeah, it was easy and amazing and great things happened. So I was like, okay, okay, that's working. Let's try the next tool. And so it, like I said, we don't all understand how our computers or TVs or cars work, but we know they work. They're a great tool and you can use it as much or as little. And then Adriana is there to help coach us with all the parts that we can go deeper into. And so being that this is no shame in the home game, all about home management and really digging into, it's not about how your house looks, it's how your house feels, right? And so coming at it from that human design perspective of everyone is unique. And so it's really hard. I'm in these homes all the time where I can feel the battles of energy. So-and-so is not doing such and such. I can't figure out this. I can see now through this lens of human design. And it would be really fun to get your knowledge and expertise. If people tapped into their human design, how does that look with home management? Have you ever thought about that before? Well, yes and no, not with that direct intention. However, I have done a lot of things on parenting and kids communication and communication with relationships and boundaries around the holidays. There's been a lot of that. And I think it all goes hand in hand, really. I will say, if you can at least just pull your own chart and get a, a basic understanding of what you need from the people around you and ask that of them, I'm not sitting here saying everyone's going to actually respect that and help you, but that awareness alone can be so mind-blowing just to know. Like Sarah, with you being a projector and you're like, oh, I'm not designed to work more than a few hours at a time. I, I literally need a nap or I really just need to rest. And so instead of forcing yourself to, I don't know, be out and about all day on Christmas and go from house to house, you're like, I'm, you know what? There's people over, but I'm just going to go take like a 30-minute rest and go be by yourself in your own energy. Giving yourself the permission to replenish is really all that you need in a time like that. So I've definitely done it as far as relationships and communication. I'll give an example and we can use my household because I have pulled my household strikes. So I am a manifester and the rest of my family, all three, my husband and my two kids are manifesting generators. So I have a very <laughs> loud house because there's lots of defined throats. I also have a mildly chaotic house because we are a house full of people who can only really push through and do things when we deeply care about it. So... There are a lot of places in my house where it's no one cares about this. So this is not happening. <laughs> that is how I've seen it and see how it works in my house. So like, for example, it was really important for me to get all the boxes unpacked that I could see. If I can see a box, it stresses me out. And then there were some things that I told my husband. I was like, this is yours. I'm not touching it. Guess what boxes are still packed? Because he does not care about that. And that's part of the manifesting generator-ness of I'm going to focus in and put all of this 
energy into what I care about. Yeah. So on the communication part, how do you tap into your human design chart in order to learn how to best communicate with your family members or the people you're living with? Well, as far as generator types, asking them yes or no questions is really beneficial. So generator types, meaning either pure generator or manifesting generator. They're both a generator type. And when you ask them yes or no questions, they have this sacral gut response as a yes or no. So that helps them understand what they need to communicate. It also helps you understand what they're trying to communicate, even if they go to their head and they double think. You can see when someone goes to the head and doesn't listen to the gut. For manifestors, it's actually better to ask you open-ended questions because you're constantly like swirling up there with the ideas and all the things. Projectors, first of all, don't come at them with a million to-do things. Just ask them what they see needs to be done because projectors are very efficient. They penetrate through the aura and the energy of others. They see exactly what needs to be tweaked how we can fix things. They're guides and leaders on purpose. So really just saying like, what do you think we can do to address this situation? What do you think is a priority that we can get done? And then for reflectors, which are about 1% of the population. So I've only met, I think, four. Actually, I think it's five now in my work. Reflectors are completely open to other people's energies. So it's really important to them to feel grounded and safe in their own energy for anyone that's important, right? But it's exceptionally so for a reflector. So allow them space to breathe, to feel grounded, and then they'll come in and share what they feel like they need to share. They're also people who are designed to make decisions throughout 28 days instead of in the moment. So give them time. And I know that's not the most practical thing in these this today's society like you can't put an offer on a house and be like be right back in 28 days but when you can give them space to make decisions let them because don't ask them to to make a decision right there on the spot do you want to go look at a new car do you want to invest in this let them have that space and time that's going to just be all across the board so much better energetic alignment for them I say it all the time, your neighbor's house is not going to be like your house. And then when you add in this layer of our own unique design, it's like, yeah, how could anybody's two homes be the same, you know, let alone financial resources, family resources, you know, like all those things. It's like just looking at the individual and yeah, how they process, how they make decisions. So in your house, when you're talking with your family, do you approach each person according to their design? It's a practiced skill. But yeah, so my I'm a manifesting generator. My husband's a generator. My oldest is a manifester. She gives me a run for my money, Lacey. I, she's one of my biggest life lessons. <laughs> my second daughter is a generator. And then my son is a manifesting generator. At least with four of us, we can ask each other yes or no questions. And really, especially with kids, it's great when you see it with kids because they're not yet trained to think logically and go to the brain. Do you want fruit snacks for a snack? And it's, no. Do you want French toast sticks? And like, yes. And like, you see it come from their body. And then with my nine-year-old, it's open-ended questions. I will say she's nine and she's a girl. So there's a lot of changes happening in her body. She's in a phase of her life where she is becoming much more opinionated. 
and independent. Manifestors are extremely autonomous to begin with. So the energy of the manifester mixed with the hormonal shifts that are starting to happen, mixed with the age of independence, it's pure hell, but we're navigating it. And so we're just doing the best that we can to let her go on her little rampages when she's feeling inspired about something and she's rummaging through the kitchen cabinets and she wants to make a potion out of spices and salt and pepper and a disaster that whatever. We let her do it. We like that's what you need to do with a manifestor is let them complete that inspired action. And letting go of the control has been really helpful. She's also at, I think, this age, her not self, which is the kind of the red flag that we're out of alignment or that we're being held back from our true self is anger, as with Lacey. And so we're seeing that anger come out a lot. And I think that's just navigating this age. Her feeling angry that she can't just do whatever she wants as a nine-year-old. So we're very aware of that and we intentionally practice navigating it. But it's a challenge. It is a challenge. That's a good point. When I first heard about that, I was really resistant to that concept. Again, my conditioning of if you're not being your best self, like you're doing something wrong. So mine's bitterness. And when I started to really like, okay, what does bitter feel like? And then when I started to feel the bitterness, okay, what happened to get me there? And I did, I started to see, because one of my things is waiting for the invitation to speak. So when I tell my family, I think you should do this to problem solve, and then they don't do it, and I get so bitter. And I'm like, oh. So I've learned how to say, if you would like an idea, let me know. Or if you're confused on what to do next, let me know. I've learned how to do that. I can communicate that I have an idea, but I don't have to give it and then get upset when they don't take it. So that's been huge. I mean, I tell everyone I know, since I learned human design, our house has been full of way more laughter and lightness and just, I mean, we still have our bumps in the road, but I'm not nearly as pissed off or bitter. I love that so much because it's just, it's that awareness right? That's even if you can change nothing else, if you're if you can't get your spouse on board or your spouse doesn't want to hear you talk about your design, the best thing you can do is create the awareness for yourself, have compassion and grace and understanding for yourself. And that alone is magical. I will say, Sarah, I had an aha moment literally last week because manifestors are their own weird breed because we have what's called a closed aura, which I know Adriana and I have talked about this lack. But what I understand it now is, is meaning more I am a self-sustaining being. I don't need anybody else. I don't need an invitation. I don't need to respond. I am self-sustaining. And what I started to I realized that and then I was learning more about it. I need to speak. This is actually something I, I practiced this morning for the first time. I need to speak in definite. So I need to do the opposite almost, where instead of asking for permission, I need to say, I want this. And so this my my son's been having some trouble in school and this kind of stuff. So this morning, instead of being like, how are you feeling? And now I'm realizing I need to ask yes, no questions. That's a new strategy for me with my kids. But I, this morning I was like, I want you to have a good day today. You're going to have a good day. I want you to have a good day. And so now I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, is he going to have a better day? That is a change that I am starting to work in my house. So I think 
just that tweak of I want this instead of being like, what do you think about or how about saying I want this and asking yes, no questions. My life is changing today, guys. <laughs> Amen to that. By the way, this is so manifester of me of, oh, my gosh, yes, this is what's happening. It's creative. It's all coming together. I'm using a lot of hand gestures. I joke it's also five minutes ago, Lacey. Like, she'll get an idea. She wants it already done. <laughs> but the speed with which once she, like, it's in that manifester realm, I'm, I'm literally astounded yep. We joke we need a generator on our team. <laughs> I was curious about that. I'm not going to lie. I was curious about that and like what you guys do to pass off tasks. We're, we're yeah. aware of We're it. still figuring out. And we are very open to this is an aspect in our team that is needed. And we also are very aware that neither one of us are generators. So we don't expect that from one another. And so that's really great. And so as we grow things, we're keeping it in mind. What can we do now without a generator? When do we get a generator? Remember that you can borrow energy, too. You can sit near a sacral being and feed off that energy, too, when you need to. Healthy boundaries. Keep an eye on your boundaries. But yes, my sister, I haven't looked it up, but I would bet money she's a manifesting generator. And when I go to her house to help her with things, my energy is unbelievable. So how do I, do I just park somebody in my office and just say, sit there, let me borrow your energy? Like a vampire, let me feed off feel. If I'm feeling like a lack of creativity or I'm just like in a slump and I have stuff that I really need to use brain power for, I'll go sit in a coffee shop. Obviously, I don't know everyone's design there, but 70% chance that someone there is going to have, for in your case, a sacral energy. Whereas maybe I'm looking for more of a defined head or Ajna that I need energy, but I won't know. But either way, all the auras around me are playing into mine. And so it just sparks this new energetic strange that comes through for me to power through it. When I have something that needs to get done, I'll go to a coffee shop and then I'll just Mm -hmm. like keep getting up and moving my computer around to see like who I can sit next to and get the most like energy (laughs) out of. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm just going to sample yours a little bit. I remember you telling that in the course, but I'd forgotten. And now that I think about what I'm dealing with my son... When I ask him open-ended questions, he goes to his head and he gets stuck there. Mm. So I'm just realizing, oh, I really need to stop asking open-ended questions with my kiddo. The Joyful Support Movement newsletter is a great way to deliver some goodness into your inbox. Once a week, you will receive a joyful prompt, an opportunity to share your story, and a helpful step to make life easier. If you could use some more goodness in your life, sign up for the newsletter today at JoyfulSupportMovement.com. So is there a way with your spouse that you've changed since learning about human design, how you communicate things? that needs to get done oh god so he's a generator but that doesn't mean that he has a ton of definition in his centers he only has two centers to find his sacral and his spleen seven out of his nine centers are very much open and fluid to the energy around him where if you were to have the both of us in the same room you would feel that my energy feels very dominant and my presence is very here and his is kind of more passive and go with the flow, almost feeling that's what you can feel between the two of us. I have come to understand, take the root, for example, 
I am defined in my root, meaning I have a consistent access to the energy of that center. If I call on it, it's there. And this is all about pressure and adrenal stress. And I work really well under pressure. I'm like, we got to get all three kids up, ready to go. We got to time, like timing is really good for me and I can just, I can do it. And then my husband, if he, <laughs> I wish I were making this up. I may have told you this before, but I was trying to get all three kids out the door. I think Dean was a baby a couple years ago and we were running late and I crap you not. He was in the kitchen putting an outlet in the kitchen island because we we're in the middle of a kitchen renovation and he short circuited and didn't know what else to do. So he just went and started doing electrical work instead of helping me leave with the kids. And so it was that moment of, OK, he just needs some direction as far as what needs to be done and the pressure to get us out of this house or with the solar plexus is where we have emotions. And I'm a defined solar plexus. So I have big emotions, little emo like low emotions. It's just emotions all over the place for me. He does not have that defined. So what he does instead is he takes in and feels all of my emotion and he feels it heightened. If I'm in a funk, that used to impact him greatly because he would feel like, oh, my God, is something wrong with our relationship or what's happening? Like to him, it felt like we we're burning down the house. And it was just a part of my emotional wave for me. I'm like, oh, it's just another day, just a funky day for me. Tomorrow I'll be fine. And the next day I'm like ecstatic and I'm great. And he's like, what are we up to? This is fantastic. So it's just the pieces like that that help us give each other grace and space, understanding that as a generator, he's not as willing to jump around from thing to thing as I am. So like having the baby and the baby would start crying, but he's in the middle of working on a home renovation. And I'd be like, can you just stop and come do this? It was like pulling teeth. But again, it had nothing to do with him being a father that wasn't there or helpful. He's actually like the best person I could have married and had kids with. But there, he could not not finish a project. It was really painful for him. So having to jump around has been a learning process for him. And then for me, learning to give him grace and be more gentle in those moments instead of being like, why can't you just help me? I understand why he can't. It's painful to him. <laughs> so I just re-pulled up me and Joe's charts. I had another aha moment. Again, Go I'm for sorry. It. I'm like yeah. manifestor energying everywhere. My husband has a lot of closed centers, except emotion. It's they. It's almost like the opposite of my emotion oh, and heart. So he's, he's got an open solar, solar plexus, plexus, open heart. Yeah, heart center. I am like the warm, fuzzy one of making sure people are connected, like all those different things. I'm the big emotional one. And I'm realizing now that my manifestor energy is getting pissed off with him sometimes with his closed centers of him thinking he knows things or having access to that, like, knowledge. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. And so this is where I'm starting to realize, oh, it's because of these defined, undefined centers. That's where we really clash. Because he's got very specific thought processes, specific yeah. ways of communicating, but you do yes. too. Yeah. It's just, again, just having that mm -hmm. awareness. You're, you're yeah. probably still going to get pissed off sometimes, but mm -hmm. at least you can be like, oh, I have to remember. Oh, I definitely I'm am. created with an open mind and an open <laughs> head, and he has a very specific way of looking at things, and that's the yeah. way he's designed. Y'all, Home CEO is finally here. 
The work you hear me do with participants in No Shame in the Home Game is based off of the Home CEO course. Watch the course at your own pace and learn how to problem solve your pain points and find solutions that work for you. Along with the how-to course are guided worksheets. There are solutions for your situation. Sign up for the course at joyfulsupportmovement.com and start finding your solutions today. What I tell my clients with home management is we either change the system to work for you or we change expectations to match the situation. And so I have done a lot of shifting, which has been great, but there's some work to be done within myself. I still do the comparison game. Even though this whole podcast is about not comparing, I still look at other families and couples and they're doing the apple orchard and then they're going to pick out a couch and then they're painting the bathroom all in one day, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness, to get my family to do one thing takes weeks of preparation to get our energy to the right place. So I think there's still a lot of acceptance for me. It's only been a year, right? Wasn't that class a year ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, I believe my sister's a manifesting generator and I grew up in her shadow. So she had straight A's, did all the challenging classes. She was in, she had multiple jobs. She was in multiple activities and she barely slept. She'd be writing her term paper at five. Like it, it, it just, that's how she's always operating. Then I came in behind her and all the teachers expected me to be the same, right? And I really tried. I pedaled my little projector legs as fast as I could. I think I'm still unlearning. Owning, no, this is who I am. And I'm operating the best I can within my capabilities. But it's hard. Like, Adrian, I remember one time you told me about your day. I go to the gym. I come back. I get the kids ready. Then I go to the, And I'm just like, why are you doing this? And you're like, you have to remember, I'm a manifesting generator. And I'm like, but I still feel lazy. That's the word I got a lot as a kid. Lazy was the worst thing you could be. That was, you might as well go to jail if you're lazy, if you're not contributing every second of the day. So when I hear you do all that, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I want you to have more love and compassion for yourself because I'm going to tell you a little secret. I've only told one person this because I didn't realize this until maybe two weeks ago. I envy projectors and I wish I were a projector because of the way that I have seen you guys master a craft. And there's this woman that I follow in the human design world. She only found that in astrology in 2019. And she, you would think she channeled the systems. She is so well-versed in it. The way she speaks about it hits me to my soul in a way that I've never heard any other human design mentor speak about it. And that was the moment that I were like, I so wish I were a projector where I could have this focus and this efficiency and this mastering of a craft. And that's not what I'm designed to do. And so it, I feel like it doesn't matter what phase of life you're in. We're always going to have this push-pull. And it's an active journey, having compassion for yourself and loving where you are at. Because I will tell you, I've seen a lot of my friends are projectors. A lot of my people in my world that I follow are projectors. And I'm realizing it's because of the way that they've mastered what they've done. It's different. Oh, interesting. I've never thought about it through the lens of mastering something. 
That's so interesting. I will tell you some highlights of being a projector with C. There is this one day we got to this point with this new venture that we're doing. And she's like, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by putting this all together. And I was like, I got this. I got this. <laughs> so I took a giant piece of paper that I, and I took these markers and I took everything we'd been talking about for weeks and I completely organized it. It is exciting when I see stuff. And again, for the listeners still trying to understand all these descriptions, when I met you, Adriana, and you did my chart reading and you started describing a projector, I actually thought I was being pumped because you were describing my business to a T. You know, you see how things you're like the director in the movie set. You see how things can unfold and, you know, you're seeing like the best way to utilize things. And I'm like, why are you describing? Did you look at my website before this? Like, why are you describing what I do? But it's but now that I know that when I go into a situation with a client, I'm like, oh, I'm here to shine a light on this aspect. I've stopped pushing myself to help them in ways that are outside. I'm like, nope, I can find you somebody who can do A, B or C, but I'm going to show you. Oh, I can see the steps. And I'm like, I'm really leaning into what I can see easily. And it's great because some clients will go, oh, I just needed that. And they'll take the information and they can do it themselves. And then other clients, they need me to walk step by step with them, which is fine. But it's helped me see my work with more clarity, which has been nice. Lacey, have you seen a difference in your work since learning about being a manifester? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So much. I mean giving myself the permission to even do this work is something that I really could only do when I learned that I was a manifester because I have always tried to make myself smaller in any way possible. I've always not let myself think I'm special. I've always just tried to really tamper down my voice and that has called a repressive throat, I learned. That has turned a lot of that anger that I had in turn. So at first when I heard about the not-self theme being anger, I was like, I'm not angry. What are you talking about? And I was like, but I'm frustrated and all these things. And then I realized, no, this mean voice in my head, this way that I'm talking myself, that resentment, anger. That's me being angry. And by doing this, by believing my life was that way, believing that I had to work a nine to five in order to be successful, in order to do all these different things, being a manifester has given me the permission to be like, no, I don't have to do it that way. I And I will say in a weird way, I'm grateful for my illness because my illness forced me to do it. So I almost feel like it's faded that I had I have to have this illness to be the manifester that I'm supposed to be. Biggest head nod. But yeah, I, yes. Yes. (laughs) Which, by the way, I realize how ridiculous that may sound to somebody. And I totally understand to somebody who doesn't know it or hear it. And I still have the voice in the back of my head that's like maybe a judgy family member that's really, really, okay. But at the same time, I was telling this to, to Sarah yesterday I took a stock of a moment. I took stock of a lot of moments where I was so worried about money this time last year. I was so worried about finances and all these different things. And in the past year, I've gotten stable work to be able to not have to worry about money being connected to what I'm doing. My husband got a new job that has 
provided us more money. We sold our old house, got a new house that gave us some equity to be able to use that money to bridge a gap that we had. And I just had this moment like, oh, shit, I did it. I manifested that. I said, I want more financial security. And son of a beast thing, it happened to me. Yeah, but it didn't happen without you making changes. You had this awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. And I put out in the universe, I'm like, I like doing technology. I wish there was a job where I could just play with technology for people. And a woman reached out to me and now I'm doing work building things for her and her clients. And that's like the fun side thing that I do that makes me money so that I can do this. I am learning, still learning to accept that my way of being and my way of life is not associated with all those shoulds that I was thinking about. It's why I think, no, I don't think, I know. And I I want the Joyful Support Movement, this business that she and I are starting in this coming year, to make a difference because I know it can. It's been so beautiful if anyone is at all like, "Hmm, should I learn more about human design? The, The amount of ease in which I can live now when Lacey and I started working together, yes. knowing we both speak the same language. And I'm like, I can feel my, the tears coming in my eyes. Whenever we would hit a road bump, it was like we could both just relax and trust. We're not going to force it. Right. And then it was like we just allowed the things to unfold and used the tools that we knew. That's not how I'm going to grow my business by making 10 reels a day, like because I can't do it and I should be making personal connections. So I lean into the connections and that's really where the growth happens. And so just that ease, it feels, I don't want to say too easy because I'm really careful of my word. It's just, I, when you struggle your whole life and then something's, you find there's another road where there's no potholes or construction and you find this other road that's like easy peasy, beautiful scenery. And you're like, that road's been there the whole, are you serious? And I remember saying I was actually upset that I didn't know about this earlier. And you're like, no, it's part of the journey. It's part of the process. And yeah, I wouldn't know how beautiful that side road is if I hadn't been banging my head on the more difficult road. And now you can teach people who are in that side road from a firsthand experience. Those are the pieces of our life that we have to offer other people. So I was frustrated that I didn't start utilizing human design years and years ago. But this is what I'm here to help people do now. Like all of that experience. Now I know how to teach entrepreneurs from that plateau, from that feeling of why is nothing working? I should just quit. I get that from firsthand experience, you know? Well, and you and I have, what is it called? The 30, 30, 30, where we go through struggle and then it's our job to teach others. Oh, line six, line six. Yeah. The role model. I, I lean this too. So we're going to, Lacey and I are going to use what we've learned to help others. So it's like, okay, it's not for nothing. Yeah. We're going to help others because upset and trauma and discomfort is part of life. We'll help each other instead of thinking it's always supposed to be shiny and perfect and those expectations, right? I do want to bring it back to what we were talking about with home management, because as we've talked through this more and about how deconditioning is so part of it, I'm having this realization that I have never really asked my children yes or no questions because I feel like parenting books are like, ask open-ended questions, let them lead the conversation. 
But now I'm realizing when I ask open-ended questions, my son either doesn't answer or my daughter has just come up with a script. Like she comes home from school and she was like, I had a good day. I play with Caroline and Lucas and da da da. And she goes about her day. And so I'm starting, like, I'm having, like, it's starting to resonate with me too that this idea that, yes, asking open ended questions is good, but maybe that's not the right tool to use in my home. And that this deconditioning can be really beneficial. You think these conditionings are truths. And so when you yeah. bring two people together, these two different set of truths, and it is, it's just that deconditioning, which really takes a lot of intention, but it's worth it. Did you ever hear that metaphor about the turkey in the pan? It's like I want to know one. it. It's Thanksgiving and the woman is cutting off the ends of her turkey to, and putting it in her pan. And, and someone asks, why do you cut off the ends of the turkey to put it in the pan? And she says, oh, I don't know, mom. Why did you always cut off the ends of the turkey to put it in the pan? And the mom says... Oh, I don't know. That's just how my mom did it. And then so they asked the grandmother. The grandmother says, you guys are still doing that? I just did that because it didn't fit into the pan. But these are, that's all conditioned. They were trained behaviors and they didn't know why they were doing it, but they were doing it. And it can be as simple as that. There's so many places to just look at as a, oh, am I, cho am I choosing this or is this a conditioning? So... Yeah, that's been fun. Oh, I did want to share what your offerings are right now, all the all the good meaty stuff. My podcast is called the No BS Human Design Podcast. So that's basically where I put most of my content. I don't do too much on social media or anything else. My website, Adriana Keefe, Adriana with one N dot com. You can book chart readings on there. I have one to one coaching available, but my heart right now is really guided to the group work. So in January, we kick off our next cohort of sacral healing, but it's for sacral and non-sacral beings by human design, because I found that everything that human design people offered was for generator types, like for healing defined sacral centers. And I felt like the world really needs more of having both and learning how to coexist and use each other's energy and let it, letting each other's rest. And so I am still working mainly with entrepreneurs and the sacral center houses our creativity, our sensuality, our, our inspired urges. And so we're healing that so that we can be creative again, that we can feel lit up and connected to our work again. We can feel like we know how to use our energetic reserves in a healthy way for us. But at its core level, it is, it's really healing. We're bringing in cacao and facilitating cacao ceremonies and things like that. I'm really excited for that. That's probably my favorite thing I'm working on right now. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. You're making a, as we say, you're putting it out in the joy ripple. You're making a difference. And it's really awesome. Our lives are completely different now because of you. So Thank you for all the work that you do. For sure. Thank you guys for having me here. I love that you continue to bring human design to your world, too, because the more people know about this, the better off humanity is going to be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget of goodness to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in the player of your choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share us with all of your friends and maybe a couple of non-friends if you want. 
You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread some joy.